Every Arizona homeowner's best friend for 30 years. And it all has to do with you. Thanks for tuning in. It's Rosie on the House. Good morning, everybody. There you are. Well, this isn't the day for a lazy horse ride through the desert. Maybe the trees, but... We got the Triple Crown running today, baby. Ah. You got to be ready to giddy up today. What do you think, bud? You placing any odds on... uh, What's that horse's name? Justify? I don't even pretend to know. Yeah, really? On horse racing. Me either. How about that cowboy we met, Wilcox? Says he's says he's predicted every win ever. He never has been wrong. We need to go back to that restaurant in Wilcox. There you go. And he was old. He says he's never missed. So that's at least 70 or 80. (laughs) (laughs) Consecutive wins. That's pretty good odds. Well, don't bet till you go down and talk to him. And this this owner is from Arizona. He is. uh, Bob Baffert. Pretty interesting story. Actually, Nogales, of all places. And he owned American Pharaoh, who won the Triple Crown just a couple years ago that— was the first time that had been won since you know the seventies when Secretariat won. And now they, isn't that interesting? They did a time lapse video of Secretariat and American Pharaoh, and Secretariat was still faster, but American Pharaoh did pull off the triple crown, and now he owns Justified. So I mean, hey, why not pull for the Arizona home team? Well, Gary, if I'm not mistaken, do you remember? I mean, Secretariat won like by twenty six or twenty seven lengths, right? That horse was the super horse. Yeah. In in horse racing, that was Superman <laughs> I mean, with four legs. I mean, there wasn't even any other horse on the track when he was running. It was absolutely unbelievable. And, you know, I do enjoy— And one of, the, one of their, his owners was from Arizona or or had something to do in Arizona down at Sonoida. Mm. Interesting. So Arizona ties triple crown. Yeah. Pretty, pretty neat. That's somebody that after— you know, no matter what happens this weekend, Bob Baffert would make a fun interview for the seven o'clock hour. We interview, you know, we talk about Arizona people, places, and things. Mm-hmm. It'd be a very interesting interview. What was it like growing up in Nogales in, you know, the fifties? Uh, how did you get into horse racing? How do you uh, pick them like his that? His parents were <laughs> chicken and cattle farmers, and to you know become from. Nowhere, Arizona, and be the Triple Crown winner and have a second contestant. So I figured he was probably pretty busy Mm -hmm. this week and probably a couple (laughs) weeks afterwards. They'll let the dust settle and, you know, July, October, start reaching out and seeing if we can't uh, get his attention when he's passing through Arizona. I'm sure he's probably not here in the state. I don't even know if he still lives here. I don't know. I I didn't know that. You're going to have your people get in touch with his people? Yeah. Yeah, right. <laughs> he was in a movie as himself. You know, you had mentioned Secretariat and Disney did a, a pretty good movie on him. And uh, the Sea Biscuit was a pretty that was popular a good movie. That was good. That was a good movie. Um, but there's another one, 50 to 1, and it's not near that caliber of you know production, production. <laughs> and 
you know, music and sound and drama and everything. This was a lot more like real life, practical, probably how it really is type scenario with, with plenty of its own, you know, Hollywood moments and everything. But Bob Baffert's in it as himself uh, as he sits there and watches this no name horse that even the owners were didn't take it serious when the Kentucky Derby called and said your horse qualified. They hung up on him thinking it was a joke from one of their buddies. And they called back and, you know, the, this one broke, <laughs> you know, down to his last dime horse trainer with a busted leg from wrecking his motorcycle because he was speeding around all mad. And this other guy who got rich off uh, Alaskan oil money and you know, just two random people out of New Mexico that came across each other and brought this horse to the Derby and won it in 09. And Baffert's in it as himself, and you see him all making fun of, you know, who are you worried about today? Oh, I'm always worried about the entire competition, well, except these guys, boneheads over here. And so <laughs> it, it, they make him look like a real jerk in the movie. But but your people will test that before, I, before we invite him on air, right? I don't get the feeling right? he, he is. I think that was just part of that. And the, that movie's called? The, 50 to 1. 50 to 1. That's on my list. 50 right. to 1 odds that this horse won the Derby. And I, I think he's probably, I don't think you come from no gallus as a growing up as a rancher and come from nothing and, and are, are nearly as pompous as this and become this pompous person that they portrayed him to be in the movie. Everybody well, loves the underdog. Isn't, isn't today a wet track? This horse did pretty they good. They have a chance of rain today. So, this, and this, this horse did pretty good on a wet track, didn't it? Yeah, Churchill Downs, he looked pretty darn good, yeah. <laughs> well, the Derby was – the Derby and the uh, Belmont were, were – Muddy? Or, mm-hmm. or was that the pre- – well, how's it go? Bel- Derby? Kentucky Derby? Uh, Kentucky Derby, Preakness, Preakness Belmont Sticks. Okay, so Preakness was wet too. All right. Well, that's this afternoon. So we're thinking of things to do in the hot weather. You know, just fix yourself a mint julep and sit back and – or a big mint iced tea, sun tea, and watch the watch the race this afternoon. It's always always fun to watch. Do anyway. you need an excuse to make a mint julep? Though? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> there are a lot lots of things you could do now that it's heating up. You know, we want y'all to be careful out there. Uh, you can't you can't overhydrate very easily. You can, but it's it's hard to do. So make sure you stay covered up. Light light clothes, long sleeve, long pants, hat. Plenty to drink and uh, plenty to do. Coming up soon, June 30th and July 1st, Arizona Game and Fish is having another one of their Canyon Lake Bighorn Sheep Scouting Expeditions. Uh, so you can, they'll they'll board you. Anybody, you have to be 10 or older, so you can bring the kids, but no kids under 10. D- due to limited space, you have to make a reservation, so you get a hold of Randy Babb. Or uh, Jeff Myers at Arizona Game and Fish. Make a reservation for June 30th and July 1st. Uh, the tour includes history session uh, and viewing crews of the desert bighorn sheep in the in the terrain around Canyon Lake. That's a it's a great little way to get out on the water and spend some time with a game and fish expert and uh, help you spot and watch the uh, majestic Arizona. Big horns. Lots of chances, really, to get out and do things. It's, a lot of them take a little bit of planning. ArizonaStateParks.com has a great list of things. Uh, you know, a lot of trails and forests are closed, but Arizona State Parks are all open, and they have got so many things planned. If you want to go south, 
Karchner Caverns has Ooh. camps for kids. That's a cool place it to go is. on a hot day. Yes, go under, go underground. And but they, did you know, you know, as whenever you go into a cave, they're all pretty protected, and you can't take pictures or anything. But at the Karchner Caverns, they open up once a month and let you come in. You have to sign up, but you can go in and take photographs. Use your flash and everything. You can't sell the pictures, just amateur photography. But how fun is that? Well, that is, that would be cool. That's a real rarity to get to do that. Another one that they have is a headlight lamp tour. Helmet, they call it helmet and headlight. So you go down. And I guess it's dark, and you know what it would be like when you when they first discovered it. Very dark inside. What's a what's a cave investigating person? What do they call that sport? Spelunk. Speed lunker. Speed lunker. Speed lunker. So they they put you in the speed lunker experience. Mm-hmm. Isn't that cool? I like it with the lights on. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm definitely not going to crawl through some hole the size of a basketball. Well, I don't think you get to do that anymore. Yeah, okay. That that would not be for me. I couldn't do that. And July 7th, they're going to have a, a, a whole day planned where you can go down and touch all kinds of little creepy crawlies and learn about the animals in the area. So go to, go to that um, Arizona State Parks and Cave Tours, and you can find all those cool things. If you want to come up a little bit to Oracle, um, on June twenty, uh, June 30th, they have a great evening. It's called Storytelling Sky Tour. And you bring your own dinner. They have live music, telescopes, and hang out and, and just watch. And where, and where in Oracle? It is at, um, sorry. Mm-hmm. Sorry, didn't mean to put you on the spot there, babe. <laughs> I thought I had it highlighted. I'm sorry, I don't. Oh, here it is. It's the Canale Ranch House. Canale, maybe? Canale Ranch House? But that's... Um, on, on the site as well. Um, and that is sponsored by the Oracle Dark Skies Committee. And so they're just real passionate about keeping the skies dark. They have all kinds of reasons, health for animals and people and just the planet. <laughs> but we're going to have actually um, Chairman Michael Wiesner is going to be on June 23rd with us because he's also an astrophotographer. Okay. And so he's going to come on and probably talk about dark skies and maybe give us a few tips on photographing the sky. So that'd be that'll be a cool day. Photographing here. the night sky. I bet there are a few tricks to that. Yeah, yeah, more than one, I'm sure. How do you focus on that, huh? I don't know. And if you want to stay in the valley, did you know that Boyce Thompson is a state park? Uh, I maybe I did not realize that. They have the some, Arboretum? Yeah. They're having some really cool things. They have a butterfly day. You can go in and get to see the butterflies and uh, photograph them and stuff. Lot, lots of trails there, all under big shady trees. Yeah, all their things start early With an ice cream shop. Well, that's, <laughs> that's how you top it off, right? <laughs> so Boyce Thompson, Oracle, or Karshner, all great things to do. Uh, you get out to any of the lakes. Uh, and, boy, I am so thankful Game and Fish in the last 15 years has taken uh, driving under the influence as serious on the water as the Arizona Department of Transportation does on the highways. They uh, should. It's really scary sitting out there with your skis and watching somebody coming at you, and you're not really sure that they're they're watching. Yeah. Grow, growing up on the lakes of Arizona back in the 60s and 70s, there were um, there, those were the wild days on the water, I'll tell you. There were some... Some horrible accidents that kind of force this into being, and boy, I could I couldn't be happier that they're they've cracked down on that because there's just something really seriously dangerous about being inebriated with a prop under a boat moving 50 miles an hour. So 
Thank you, Fishing Game, for making the waterways safe. So be out there. Be safe. Have fun. We're going to come back, keep talking about Arizona here at Rosie on the House. Stay tuned. Your Saturday morning weekend wake-up call, Rosie on the House. Bob Baffert was the trainer, not the owner. Sorry. Somebody straighten us out. Yeah. We can always count on our listeners to straighten us out. See, this is why we need to get him on the air. There, he'll straighten us out. Yeah. There you go. We've got a great show lined up for y'all today. In the 10 o'clock hour, we're going to be talking about some kind of technical outsolation. It's about putting insulation on the outside of your house. We've been doing it for decades. We want to visit with y'all a little bit about the technicalities of doing it and doing it right and what does that buy you in the long run. Nine o'clock hours could be open lines. We do have National Homeowner Month this month in May, and we've got our special realtor friend John Glutch going to be joining us and talking to us about home ownership for a little while. That in the nine o'clock hour. It's also the open line hour where any project you're trying to get done, you can give us a ring and we'll put our experience to work for you and try and help you get that project done a little bit simpler and quicker. Eight o'clock hour, we've got our certified tree arborist, Mr. John Eisenhower, coming in to talk trees. In the next half hour, we've got Royal Norman coming in talking about do we have any chance of ever seeing a raindrop in the state of Arizona ever again. Man, it's dry out there. Cattle stock tanks that I've never seen dry are dry. It's dry out there. So Royal will come in, talk to us in the next half hour about what we can and hopefully can expect out of the monsoon season this year. Father's Day. Always sneaks up on you. You know it's coming every year, right? Yep. We've got a couple special things going on right here at Rosie on House, but I will tell you this. I was rifling through the newspaper yesterday, and both Home Depot and Lowe's are running some incredible tool buys. Home Depot's got a 200-piece mechanic tool set and toolbox valued at 430 bucks. You can have it for $99. Now, is this a good quality one? Yeah, it is. Uh, it, it's their brand. It's the Husky brand. And people always ask me, what kind of tools do I have? I can tell you that in hand tools, I'm a big believer in craftsmen. I mean, if it's if if it's got uh, 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 wire brushes or electric motor in it, I generally tend to Dewalt or Milwaukee. But if it's just a hand tool, a wrench, a socket, pliers, I'm a big craftsman guy. But if you're looking I've, for a good tool, I've switched pretty much to channel lock. Yeah, just because they've st- are still American made. When when I one day, random in the yard, by Craftsman Wrench, I was like, this made in China. This can't be right. Where's my Craftsman? But it, sure enough, and did a little research. And that, you know, that, not to say that not all Craftsmen aren't made in America anymore, but uh, Channel Locks are. So I've, I've pretty much switched to that. You switched to Channel Lock. All right. But people ask me about other brand names all the time. And what should I buy? Like a, a good cordless drill is a good place to start your toolkit, okay? I mean, if all my, well, my tools have been stolen before. And when all my tools have been stolen, I mean, the first thing I get is a tool belt, a hammer, and a cordless drill. I mean, that's kind of just where you start. 
And in my book, in my book, it's either Dewalt or Milwaukee, and you got to get something in excess of 12 volts. Get a get a 18 volt motor. You get something in a uh, homeowner style four or six volt, and you can literally put your hand around the chuck and stop it from spinning. So that might be good, you know, for your mom or your grandmother. Uh, so she doesn't hurt herself, but uh, you know, don't get your dad a six volt cordless drill. That's that's that'd be shameful. So, there's a couple op- options. Romy, you're running a little special on some Rosie tools, aren't you, for Father's Day? Well, we have for Rosie's 30th anniversary put together an American-made toolbox with the seven essential tools every Arizona homeowner should have, all hand tools, and all have custom branding on them. So when you look at the, the hammers, the, the premium. I mean, this... That leather handle, The, the leather-wrapped S-wing, S-wing. Good-looking hammer. Now, these are all American-made, correct? Oh, yes. Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, yes. Uh, Proto is the toolbox. It'll f- almost fire engine red. Kind of not quite that that bold red, but, but close. Uh, channel locks for your pliers and, and uh, multi-tip screwdriver. Uh, Stanley filled in some blank areas for us, which is which is hard because kind of like Craftsman, you can't get a Stanley solids, American made, and a Stanley solids, uh, not American made. So it, you know, we we found the channel to make sure that we're getting the American made handsaw, um, utility knife, torpedo level, and that whole box together with uh, so so there's one that's just a toolbox. And then there's a toolbox plus that comes with a year subscription to Homesada, a shirt and a hat. So we, and and all the proceeds for all of these go to our our nonprofits. This 30th anniversary uh, toolkit is designed as a thank you back to, uh, you know, it, it, everything we do is just a win win win. So this is a win for the homeowner because they've got a a toolkit that'll last them a lifetime. A lifetime. That's American made. A lifetime. Made. So it's American made. You. Support American jobs. It supports the proceeds, the local community uh, for Arizona, and then it's a win for Rosie on the house because anytime you're trying to get something done and you see Rosie on the house, you'll remember Rosie on the house. So it's actually a four-way win on this. And yeah, we put a little Father's Day promotional discount together for it. Uh, awesome! You can buy e store at RosieOnTheHouse.com. Just click on e store. I, I forgot what it looked like. <laughs> I thought I smelled moisture this morning, but you think it was just the sprinklers, huh? <laughs> I think it was just the backyard sprinklers. <laughs> Can always hope. Yeah, that's wishful thinking right there. Well, I've been in Arizona since 1965, and I can remember uh, sequential events that would go 100 days where we wouldn't see rain. And I, I can remember some awfully dry, dry periods. But, boy, I, I, the hiking I do, I generally do with my dogs. So I've got springs and water holes all over the valley spotted and located and registered in my brain. And I tell you what, you've got to bring your own water anymore. Every place that I would generally water my dog. I mean, a spring that I've never, ever seen dry just last month, you, you, had to, you had to excavate an area and let the water seep into your little pit before you could get any water. It's dry. So I wanted to bring in a friend, 
and Arizona Family's chief meteorologist, Mr. Royal Norman, uh, to join us this morning and tell us what 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 are our chances <laughs> of ever seeing a raindrop again? Royal, good morning. Thanks for joining us. Good morning. It's dry out there, isn't it? It's crazy. You know, I tell people they can actually turn the temperature in their air conditioners down. It's so dry, it feels cooler than it really is inside your house. Yeah, you know what? It really does. It's absolutely true. And and here's the crazy thing, not only about the valley, but about the entire state. 97% of the state is listed in severe drought or worse. 97% of the state, severe drought or worse right now, that according to the U.S. Drought Monitor. It's been, it's been a dry winter in the high country and in the desert, and it started getting dry last fall. So that's really just sort of compounded how dry it is out there. It's crazy. Well, I'm, I, I keep track of it as an amateur, but, I, I mean, what, what are we since, like, September, one inch of rain? Yeah, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's no, not a lot of rain at all since then. And in fact, this year we've had just a, a, a sprinkling of rain. In fact, the last measurable rain in Phoenix, May 11th. So you have to go back. <laughs> I'm sorry, March 11th. You have to go back May and then April and then into March. And that's the last time we had any measurable rain. And that rain was only like five hundredths of an inch yeah. of rain to one nothing. But Royal, how, how much has to fall for them to consider it rain? A hundredth of an inch, point zero one. <laughs> yeah, I know, it's really crazy. But here's the crazier thing. Here's the crazier thing. Then they have a whole bunch of other gauges around town um, where we use the information, but they don't click over at point oh one. They don't click over until point oh four. I don't know why. I just know there's government involved. <laughs> there you, well, that answers that. Well, I mean, we were so encouraged in the su- in the winter of '16, and we yeah. had oh, it was so wet, and the snow accumulation was so good. We were figuring this is going to be the end of the bark beetle and the end of the drought, and things were looking so incredibly gorgeous. I mean, that spring, you drive up to Black Canyon City and get up on top of Sunset Point, and you felt like you were in Scotland. Everything was so green. Yeah, it was amazing, and things have really, uh, well, sort of changed since then, that, that, that is for sure. And, you know, this year, as you know, even in the high country, the snowpack was just pathetic. Yeah. I mean, we, you know, even when it snowed, we didn't hang on to the snowpack very long, and that's super important to get into our reservoirs and for our long-term, you know, use of uh, water and storage of water. So, uh, yeah, lousy, lousy couple of winters. Uh, last monsoon wasn't a great monsoon no. around the estate. Yeah. Uh, you know, we only got, I don't know, about two, two and a third inches of rain last monsoon last year. That's below average. And, uh, yeah, boy, oh, boy. It, here's the thing. You've heard, have you heard about the fact that everyone's talking about maybe more rain this monsoon? Have you heard that at all? Uh, no. It, it, can, can, can we lend yeah. any truth to that theory? We, well, <laughs> truth. <laughs> We're talking forecast. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I want to know what, what are y'all looking at for this monsoon season, and what do you look at to decipher that? Well, there's a whole bunch of things. It's long term, uh, you know, long term weather models and whatnot. Uh, But the two interesting things that have happened in just the last several weeks is that 
Uh, everyone has heard of El Nino and La Nina, and we've been in a La Nina uh, pattern, which is colder than average temperatures in a, a part of the Pacific. Uh, but the La Nina is ending. We're trying, starting to transfer toward an El Nino toward the end of summer. That really doesn't mean anything in and of itself, but the fact that it's moving, the fact that the, the, the air temperatures on the water are, I say air temperatures, the water temperatures are changing and there's some movement, uh, that's seen as a, a, a good thing in terms of, of potentially bringing us some rain. The other thing is, is that the long-term forecasts are showing Arizona with above normal chances for a wet uh, summer, uh, but of course above normal chances for a hot summer. So we're cautiously optimistic. Cautiously optimistic. Will Will the volcano in Hawaii play into any of this? <laughs> no, that won't because uh, you know the stuff it's putting out is very. There's just not a lot of stuff coming out of that volcano okay. that gets into the atmosphere. Now, for instance, if the one that blew up the other day down in Peru. Uh, I think it was Peru. Or Guatemala? Uh, Guatemala, I'm sorry. Yeah, if that one uh, had, you know, if something like that blew up in Hawaii, which they don't have those kind of of, uh, volcanoes, uh, then there could be an impact because that one blew out a lot of ash and stuff. And so in the southern hemisphere, they're actually tracking that ash to figure out if it's going to cause some problems uh, long term and maybe uh, cool them off a little bit because that's the bottom line. Like when Mount St. Helens blew, the the researchers went crazy and they figured that for a year the average temperatures in the U.S. were down about one degree just due to Mount St. Helens. Yeah, I can remember that. Well, you know, I'm looking at my crystal ball and 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 my tide charts and my <laughs> calendar and I'm I'm thinking the lava, which is what 1,200 degrees. Yeah. Hitting the ocean. Yeah. There's there's going to be a time here in about another eight days where you can fry an egg on the sidewalk <laughs> in Phoenix or poach an egg off a Newport Beach pier. Pretty sure. Yeah, you're absolutely right about that. It's crazy, isn't it? Crazy, crazy weather. But the other thing we're watching, the great thing we're watching is that by this time next week, by the time you're doing your show next weekend, it might actually be raining in Arizona. And here's why. What do you see? There's a couple of... Uh, there's one hurricane called Aletta. There's a couple of other uh, tropical disturbances that will probably form into hurricanes south of us in the Pacific. They're not really moving our way yet. Uh, one of them is moving out to sea, but there's a whole lot of moisture associated with those storms. Um, that moisture has got to go somewhere where the storms break up. And right now, it looks like a lot of the moisture from these tropical systems which we don't mind if we get a little jump start from the tropics, do we? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So a lot of the moisture from these tropical systems looks like it's going to be pulled into Arizona uh, toward the last part of next week and toward next weekend. And with that, well, we'll just increase the chances for showers. Will we get one in the valley? Mm, That's a slight chance. We'll see some clouds. But for sure, it looks like we're going to see an increase in thunderstorms, you know, along the rim mm. and also in southeast Arizona in the mountains yeah. and all the mountainous areas. So wouldn't that be nice to jumpstart the monsoon and get it going next weekend? I'd love that. Oh, the sooner the better as far as I'm concerned. But I liked it better when they used to call the monsoon by how many consecutive days. <laughs> you know, now you just set the date. What is it, next Friday? <sighs> yeah, what? it's the 15th of June. Yeah, I, I, You know, it's kind of funny. I'm that sure big... took the fun out of it, Royal. It, it took <laughs> all the fun out of it because you know as you know we used to do that 
uh, dew point averages of 55 or more for three straight days, and then the monsoon is here. And so, you know, half the fun of uh, doing weather was calculating that and figuring out when that was coming every year. So now what we do, um, at least over at Channel 3 and Channel 5, is that we – we uh, we go with, you know, the Weather Service says the monsoon started June 15th, so we go with that. But we now call it the arrival of the monsoon. And so we still track the dew points. And uh, guess what? In the last couple of years, the monsoon has arrived early. Even though we didn't get a ton of rain, the uh, moisture has gotten here early the past couple of years. So uh, this time, though, I want the moisture here early and the rain. I'm I'm going for it all. I want it all. Oh, man. Now tell me, what is a dew point? A dew point is real simple. It's just the temperature that, like, say it's uh, 80 degrees at my house out right now, which is probably pretty close to. If I could somehow magically, and the dew point at my house is 30 degrees, if I could somehow magically drop my temperature from 80 to 30 degrees, dew would start forming on the grass. Well, that's to be frozen dew. Let's say 40 degrees. Dew would start forming on the grass. So what that dew point means is the atmosphere is essentially at 100% saturation of moisture. And so 100% dew point means you're in a cloud. And 0% dew point means you're in the opposite of a cloud. <laughs> but why why do you meteorologists tell us the dew point? What does that tell the homeowner? It's better than humidity and I'll tell you why. Um humidity humidity everyone loves I love relative humidity too, but the thing about relative humidity is it changes with temperature. It's very temperature dependent. So the same amount of moisture in the atmosphere when it's 80 degrees out, the humidity might be 10%. Same amount of moisture in the atmosphere, temperature drops to 50, then the relative humidity is 50%. And people think, well, wow, there's more moisture out there. Dew point is not temperature dependent, so that's why we use it. So if the dew point's 30, uh, like this morning, and the dew point's 30 this afternoon, we'll know that we didn't get any additional moisture into the into the atmosphere. But then again, if the dew point pops up into the 50-degree range, then we know we're getting moist pretty quick. So we've got moisture coming in from tropical storms, and we have a possibility of the monsoon commencing next Friday actually having a small chance of rain. Yeah, I think for sure, absolutely. And I think for sure we're going to see some clouds around late next week and by the weekend. And, um, you know, we'll see the buildups that we love to see in the high country and to the south of us. And, yeah, I think I think the monsoon is going to get a little bit of a jolt next week. It's going to be fun. I mean, just seeing a cloud would be encouraging. <laughs> <laughs> you mean not a cloud that was caused by an airplane flying so. across the sky, right? <laughs> now, I had you had mentioned the hurricane. I was always told that if it was in the Atlantic, it was a hurricane. But if it was in the Pacific, it's something else. Is that not true? Um, no, it's a in Pacific hurricanes are they're hurricanes if they're in our part of the Pacific, which is the Western Pacific. If they're in the Eastern Pacific, they call them typhoons. Okay. Yeah, but they're the same thing. I I, I knew there was a, pretty much the same thing, but just that they were called something different. Yeah, absolutely. No typhoons in the in the eastern part of the Pacific, and we call them hurricanes here. I think it's just because. It's also because they're the same thing, first of all, but the Hurricane Center out of Miami covers both the Atlantic hurricanes and our hurricanes in the, uh, in the um, eastern Pacific around us, you know, around Mexico and stuff. And when we have Royal back next time, he'll explain why they all turn clockwise in the Southern Hemisphere. Oh, that, you know what's very interesting about that? There's been, there's been uh, uh, 
uh, what would you call it? Not reports, but they're confirmed reports because scientific reports, you can actually, uh, there's actually been hurricanes that have crossed the equator and have switched their direction of rotation. Is that crazy or what? Oh, I know what I'm going to be doing after the show, Googling that. That is wild. Royal Norman, Arizona family's chief meteorologist here at Rosie on the House, telling you we have a chance for a cloud and some rain maybe as early as next week. Royal- and, I'll tell, and I'll tell you what, when, we ha- when we're up to the 5-inch rain mark for this monsoon, I'm coming back on and explaining that, okay? Oh, man, 5 inches. Let's count on it. Thanks, Royal. Well, I guess my last Father's Day gift to you was a fail. <laughs> I bought you that I nice wanted, weather I wanted, station. I wanted one for so long. So I finally buy this nice little weather station. It sits up on top of the house, measures rain, wind, dew point. And it you doesn't little, measure rain. Well, because there is. <laughs> so you haven't been able to measure rain with it. And then the dew point isn't an issue anymore. So it just kind of sits there hoping for something. So maybe it's coming. The the uh, display monitor is by our little breakfast table, and so I do look at it every morning, and it gives a little arrow as to whether or not it's approaching a cloud or approaching the sun. And my it's little, a little boring to look at. My it. little weather station has been very boring. I'm just dying for something to fall out of the something sky and to see measure. if it'll measure it. Yes. <laughs> But we've got the monsoon, uh, Royal says, possibly moving in as early as end of next week. Wow. And a great place to watch that is always the White Mountains. Mm, the best, those big old white clouds coming up over the, that big blue sky. Mm, and and the, the, that, that, that fresh forest smell and, and, and the fresh rain smell down in the creosote as well. But you have just sent our most recent Arizona staycation winners up to Greer. Yeah, staying at the Lazy Trout Cabins. And actually, theirs is the bear. What is it? Lazy Bear. Lazy Bear. But they have eight cabins, and you, they sleep anywhere from four to 11 people. So you can take your whole family up there. Lots right. of, and they're very family-friendly as well. as Most of them are pet-friendly. Most of them are dog-friendly. That's right. And then they also have the Lazy Trout Motel right there with some rooms that you could, if you just want a room for a night or something. But get up there and get cool, take walks, and... You know, just smell the smell the nice fresh air up there, and then um, also they took their Sanderson Ford up the hill, and they also and they have a Soretta candy basket. If you go to SorettaCandy.com, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Cactus Candy this month. Okay. Cactus Candy. They have all kinds of great Arizona products, including prickly pear honey and prickly pear syrup and some barbecue sauces. Really great, unique gifts for with Arizona flavor. What a great place to go spend a weekend right now, just to kind of take a break, get up there to the White Mountains, beautiful Greer area. And, you know, we had two pretty significant fires over the last 15 years move through those parts of the White Mountains, the Rodeo Chetiskai fire as well as the Walla fire. But something y'all need to know is that the first trees that come back from a fire are the aspens. And what what is better than the smell of an incoming monsoon rain shower laying on your back beside a lake or a stream listening to the riffling of the aspen leaves. No, doesn't get much better than that. It doesn't get much better than that. And if you want a chance to win your Arizona staycation, the July package will be drawn um, on the 15th of this month, and that package, you get to go to Williams. So... 
So we'll be drawing for that the 15th next Friday, <laughs> actual start of the monsoon season. <laughs> so start of the monsoon season, we'll be drawing for the staycation winner to go to Williams, which is a fun little town. Mm-hmm. Route 66 all along there. And I think Arizona, Arizona's right there. You can go see the new bears that just... Landed there from Anthem. <laughs> Man, yeah, right, right. The main street of Williams is a great, lots of great little restaurants, and you know, they, there's cool all there's always some cars up there and the hot rod clubs and all that. So, Arizona staycations eligible are available only at one place. That's RosieOnTheHouse.com. Uh, we pick a name. And you get to go to Sanderson Ford and pick out any car you want. Any car that Ford makes that is in the demo lot, you just get to walk to the demo lot and say, I want that one. Now, the folks that just got back from uh, Winslow, they took the edge. They really liked it. So they'd never even heard of it before, but they really (laughs) liked it. Now, do we know what the family that's going to Greer I do not. I do not. Uh, and it's, I, I think it's funny. We've been doing this staycation now for, I don't know, six or seven years, I think. And uh, it's funny to me how many people pick the F-150. <laughs> well, I guess there's a lot of people who would never have need for a pickup truck, but if you had a chance to drive one, you'd sure love to. Well, especially that 150. So Arizona Staycation, only available at rosieonthehouse.com. We'd like to thank Sanderson Ford for sponsoring it. We always throw in uh, gift box books from Roger Naylor or Arizona Highways, who also help us pull off. Arizona Highways always cues us off as to, well, if you're sending them here, maybe you can call this place or that place. And lately we've been putting in the Arizona State Park passes and and um, the little Arizona State Park book that tells you all the cool places that, that they are. There you go. So it's rosieonthehouse.com for the Arizona Staycation. Here in the 8 o'clock hour coming up, we have Mr. John Eisenhower. He's going to come in and talk to us about trees anything and everything having to do about trees you've got a tree that uh, is under a little bit of stress given the weather we've been experiencing here the last six or seven or eight or nine months like every tree you own like every tree you own for sure john will have the answer for you so join the conversation you can get in early and dial one triple eight seven six seven forty three forty eight. We're celebrating National Homeowner Month. We'll have Realtor John Glutch in at nine o'clock to talk about that. Ten o'clock hour, we're going to be talking about something specific to outsolation, and we want to hear from y'all on your updates with your APS bills. We've got some input for you on that as well. All right here today at Rosie on the House.